Hey there, and welcome to Blazing the Path, hosted by Rob Hetherington. This is a Portland Trailblazers podcast by a fan for the fans. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Blazing the Path. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, Nuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, and X's and O's NBA Breakdown, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome, everyone, to another episode, episode four of Blazing the Path. Today, I'm hosting J.J. Rivera of the 305 Culture Podcast, a Miami Heat podcast with the Hoopheads Pod Network. Welcome, J.J. Rivera. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm uh, really grateful for the opportunity to be here. And let's talk some some Blazers and Heat basketball. Absolutely. It's an honor to have you on. Um, I have checked out a lot of your podcasts, my favorite being the one with the good old Westbrook apologist. Uh, oh, talking Lakers and Heat finals matchups. Corbin Corbin really killed it with you, and you killed it too on that one. Thank so you, thank today, you. like JJ said, cover, covering the offseason moves the Blazers and Heat made, Heat had a pretty darn good draft, and the Blazers had a decent draft, but they used some of their draft piece, pieces, I should say one piece, Isaiah Stewart, um, to get a hold of Derek Jones Jr. Uh, well, yeah, Derek Jones Jr., you guys, you guys got a good one there, and 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 a really, really nice price. Uh, he nine. I'm looking at the salary here, nine point two million dollars. He, he, that's that's a pretty good salary for a guy for what he brings to the table. Maybe absolutely. You guys didn't have a lot of issues offensively, but. Defensively, well, last season, aside from health, that was your main concern, especially on the wings. And you got one of the top defenders of the three-point shot. He's among the top five uh, opponent three-point field goal percentage in, in the league last season, which I think should be a very encouraging sign for you guys. So you guys got a really good one. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very exciting time to be a Blazers fan. Always an exciting time to be a Heat fan as long as they have Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit here. But to, to address the Blazers, Derek Jones Jr., like you said, uh, guarding the three-pointer at a, at a very efficient clip in the past. And uh, going forward, I think he has a chance to be a, a great defender for Portland. But um, more importantly, he'll be a piece that can play until Rodney Hood is off of a minutes restriction with his injury. Um, until he can actually start because he's got a little bit more experience and um, is known for his scoring prowess. So it sounded like Terry Stotts was going to go with Derek Jones Jr. until Rodney Hood is ready. Um, but who knows? Maybe Derek Jones Jr. steps up. I see him. He seems to be improving every year. Yeah, I, I really hope so. He's, he's a really hard worker, so I'll, I'm willing to bet that given the opportunity, he might – lock down the starting spot even if Rodney Hood comes back to health to full health which I hope he does because he suffered a devastating Achilles injury and I hope he he recovers 
he re- he recovers very well and comes back to being a really good player. But I think Derek Jones, if you give him a chance, he's gonna take it. His worth with his work ethic is gonna allow him allow him to to keep that starting spot if he truly does. If if Coach yeah. Stotts sees it that way. Yeah, and he comes from a, a Heat team that was loaded at the at the three position. Um, plenty of guys like Iguodala, um, Duncan Robinson, somewhat playing the three. Tyler Hero often playing the two or three. Um, Jimmy Butler playing the three. Guys that are going to log those minutes. And with the Blazers, he looks like he's going to run the gauntlet until Rodney Hood is ready, um, which will be exciting to see Derek Jones Jr. He's still... Um, you know, 23 years old, and he, you know, he won the dunk contest last year, and he's gotten a career high in points, assists, and steals for Miami last year, as well as some playoff experience. Only played about six and a half minutes a game last year, but through 15 games, he got finals experience. I don't think he played much till the end there, but against the Lakers, but. He's still got that finals experience. That's more than anyone on the Blazers roster has because they haven't been to the finals. So it'll be exciting to see him mesh with Dame, who has plenty of playoff experience but has not been to the finals. Yeah, I guess I guess and it was I, more of a product. Uh, 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 oh, sorry to interrupt. I was just gonna say that. No, no. Maybe we didn't say we didn't see a lot of Derrick Jones throughout the playoffs. Maybe a lot we saw. Well, the most that we saw of him was in the Milwaukee series, and it was because he was—he really was part of the game plan and to contain Giannis. But you know, the nature of the regular season is that of the playoffs, excuse me, is that the regular season rotation gets shortened, and you you should play your bet your set best seven guys. And well, Derek Jones didn't make Spo's cut, and let's see if he can. With this Blazers team, who I have, maybe, maybe going deep into the playoffs, but I certainly expect them to be at least in the second round, fighting for a Western Conference final spot. Certainly, I'm excited to see talking some Blazers ceiling before we get to the Heat ceiling here, which of course is sky high, coming off a, a season where they just rebooted, ran it back with the same roster essentially, other than adding Mo Harkless, which I think is a great pickup going to make him a lead on the defensive end, and he's he's probably in his prime right now, I would say. Uh, we'll touch on the Heat a little bit more later, but like you said, Blazers looking to make another run. Um, I think, you know, Golden State, if they get Klay Thompson back at any point, uh, will be elite with James Wiseman running the five and, and the four, wherever you can play him at, I think, either position, um, in my opinion. And then, you know, Steph Curry is going to run the gauntlet, of course, as he usually does. Um but you look at you look at a loaded West, um, and ESPN once again is sleeping on Damian Lillard, putting them outside of the playoffs. He's just going to grind and prove him wrong yet again. I think I think they're going to be a fourth seed, um, fourth or fifth seed this year if they can stay healthy with a healthy Nurkic and a healthy Zach Collins. I think I think a four seed is their ceiling, and it's going to be exciting to see them compete in the West this year. Did ESPN really put? Did ESPN sorry? Did ESPN really put the Blazers outside of the playoffs? They didn't even rank them in the in the eighth position or anything like that. But they had they had some good teams in there. Let me see if I can find the playoff projections because I want I'd be interested to see. I think they even had the the Rockets in there. 
Um, they had like playoff odds for this upcoming year. Um, and I saw because. a tweet from uh, NBA on ESPN that actually confirmed it, that that's what they were saying. Um, but it was also before the John Wall trade. So I'm not sure. But you look at odds to win from the Western Conference. They have Portland currently. Let me make sure this is this year. I don't want to spew any false info. From October 12th of 2020, they have Portland sitting at the ninth position <laughs> behind Dallas and OKC. I'm not really oh, sure man, OKC that's... is going to make the playoffs with all the people they lost. But, hey, it's it's yeah, just well, another season they, for Dame to grind. And I think he's going to average at least 29 again. They, they got to update that because after such a great offseason that Portland had, my ceiling for them would be the three seed because Denver, I think Denver might take a wow. little bit of Denver might take a little bit of a step back due to losing Jeremy Grant. Yeah, they lost Tory Craig and, and Jeremy Grant. <laughs> How can I forget Jeremy Grant, but Tory Craig as well? Yeah, I think Denver's still really good. And I think it all depends on how much Michael Porter Jr. grows. And how much can they withstand yeah. of Jeremy Grant's losses? Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, okay, I don't want to overrate Jeremy Grant, but he was really good, especially in the playoffs for them. And oh, certainly. And I, I certainly think that the Blazers addressed their addressed their issues in a better manner than the Nuggets did. So I think their absolute ceiling, with everything going their way, should be the three seed. Obviously, you guys didn't have. I'm excited <laughs> to hear you say that. You guys didn't have a lot of injury luck last season, so here's to a very healthy 2020-2021 regular season. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have great luck at the beginning of last season, losing Rodney Hood pretty early on. Trevor Ariza wasn't able to play through some things, um, especially in the bubble. And uh, Gary Trent Jr. really stepped up. He'll be a great piece again this year, I think. I think he's on pace to to outplay his dad for the Blazers. His dad was a great player, but I think Gary Trent could could one day be a 20-point scorer for this team. Um, should they, you know, should CJ take a hit or anything like that? I know he was having some back issues. I think Gary Trent Jr. could step up this year should any injuries happen to the guards, and they haven't had that in the past. They were relying on Anthony Simons, who's still a, a raw talent um, and looks like he regressed a little bit. Um Last year, he didn't really, he didn't really continue to progress. In my opinion, um, it looks like he kind of took a step back. But also, they were playing Dame a lot more <laughs> because they had to in order yeah. to stay in I games, um, even before COVID hit. So it'll be interesting to see. Like you said, yeah. third, third for the Blazers is a ceiling. I, I'm down with that. Uh, can't really complain with that, seeing as they're going to be running with the Lakers, the Clippers. Utah um, and Dallas and then Memphis and Phoenix has some sleepers. You can't forget about Sacramento, New Orleans, Minnesota, Golden State. All of these teams, um, you know, stand a chance and San Antonio might surprise. They seem to always be in the mix. Um, I think this will be one of the first years where the entire West stands a chance. I don't think Golden State's going to be losing any uh, 40 or 50 games next year. Yeah, well, maybe – that's what we were discussing in the group chat, right? Like the West is loaded from top to bottom. The East is more top heavy, I would say, because the top six teams are basically oh, yeah. set in stone. But the West, 
listen, I think there are six teams that made the playoffs last season. There are absolute locks to make it next this coming season, which are the Lakers, Clippers, Blazers, Nuggets, Jazz, and who am I? Who else am I forgetting? I'm forgetting somebody. I said six. The Mavericks, possibly. Do you put the Mavericks up there or somebody. somebody else? Oh, the Mavs, the Mavs, the Mavs. Yeah. So those are yeah. six teams that are, that are, I think, are set in stone to come back. Now, the last two spots, they should be between the Rockets, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Suns. I think the Suns will take one of those. It's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be a dog fight. The Suns will probably take one of those spots. I think I'm with. I would say with ninety percent of certainty that the Suns will take one of those spots. So that leaves one spot for the other three teams the, that are we consider to be true contenders for that spot: the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the and the Rockets. And it all depends on what Houston does. They seem they will seemingly go in a training camp with James Harden on the roster. And they've made some really, I would say, weird moves considering their yeah. situation. They got rid of Robert Covington, which netted you guys are, are a really good player and a really good but fit not for you. But I don't, I don't know. No. No, I I didn't understand it. I think maybe they were, they were trying to get under a luxury tax, as we all know. Tillman Fertitta is probably the brokest owner in the NBA. feels weird to say a man is broke. <laughs> He's worth <laughs> About four hundred million dollars, but still, yeah, among the owners in the NBA, he's pretty broke. Daryl Morey. Well, well, Daryl, the the Daryl situation. I think Daryl has done a really good job in, in Philly. He's he yeah. he got he, the first. I think he so massive props for getting rid of the Al Horford contract. Because my God, that contract. Yeah, that he that shouldn't have, a, and he shouldn't have any business contract. trading that contract, and and he did, and he got Danny Green, who Laker fans, did, Laker fans didn't really like him due to his price tag, but he's still a really solid player. I covered the Lakers for a fan sided, so I got to see it firsthand, and Danny Green's still an effective player. He went through some really cold stretches. I'm not gonna, den- I'm not he gonna did. deny that. Because it was really frustrating sometimes, and especially in that in that game five, I think it was, where he almost almost threw up an air ball in the in the in that final possession for the for the Lakers, and 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 Lakers Twitter had a, had a field day with that, and NBA Twitter as a whole. <laughs> but I'm excited to see Contavious Caldwell get some more will, minutes. Will, but Danny Green is bounce back. Yeah, I think he'll bounce back with the Sixers. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. 
So, your Miami Heat, what's their ceiling? I, I think, realistically, it's going to be between Milwaukee, Miami, and Brooklyn, if Brooklyn's healthy. Um, and then Boston, Toronto, and Indianapolis in that second tier. Um, I, I don't see Philadelphia doing that much this year, just in my opinion, just because they still don't know what to do with Ben Simmons. Um, but I could be wrong. You know, I'm wrong a lot. Uh, it's the NBA. It's it's almost like I would put the NBA up there with the NFL any given Sunday type of spiel where it's unclear, you know, how a team is going to do. Um, for example, no one expected Toronto to have the season they had last year. You know what I'm saying? And they did. Um, they yeah. weren't really loaded or anything like that. They had a bunch of underdog guys that have grinded since, you know, lower levels of college. Uh Fred Van Fleet from Wichita State and uh, guys like OG Ananobi, who I couldn't tell you who he played college basketball for, and I love OG Ananobi, but just some of that, some of those examples where some lower recruited guys stepped up, and then you have Siakam, who kind of came out of nowhere, truthfully, um, when he won most improved and really stepped up his game and became elite. Um, so who knows? Philadelphia could surprise. They got uh, they they did pick up Doc Rivers, didn't they? Oh, yeah, Philly got Doc Rivers, who has had some really – who had a really tough decade in the playoffs, but he's looking for he a did. fresh start in in Philly. And I'm really excited to I see – I think he, he could fix them. He got the best out of – he got the best out of Tobias Harris in his lone season with the Clippers. Yeah. We shouldn't forget that. So maybe no. so maybe he, he gets the best out of Tobias again. I actually – I That'd actually think exciting. that the Sixers are, are can can be really good. I'm a, I'm a Ben Simmons believer, even though he can't shoot, but his defense and his playmaking ability, I think, are are outstanding, and that makes for that makes for a winning player. And with with Joel Embiid down to the post, I think you got they got a a solid team right there, and they surround them with shooters, which they didn't have at all last season, which which contributed heavily to their struggles. And I think they had a really, really, they, they had a, a solid off season. I would have them in yes. the fifth to fourth seat range. Now on to the yes. heat who I, I didn't give my ceiling. I think they, this absolute ceiling for them would be the, the two seed because I think yeah. Milwaukee ends up with the, fir- with the first Milwaukee? seed because yeah, behind Milwaukee because listen, Milwaukee has had some well documented struggles in the playoffs. They flamed out spectacularly the last two uh, postseasons, but they're a really good regular season th- team, and they're still built to be a, a really good regular season team. And Coach Bud is a excellent regular season coach. Now, in the playoffs, that's a whole, that's a whole nother story. And I think Brooklyn not known for his playoff prowess. No, it's been two postseasons where he has been outcoached badly in the series that he's lost by Nick Nurse and Eric Spolstra. Yeah, but anyway, hopefully the pickup with Drew the, Holiday if, if is they, off for if everything break. I think it. I think it will. Drew Holiday is a very solid player. His defense and. He brings the same level of defense that Eric Bledsoe brought, and he brought, brings much better offense. Eric Bledsoe was really struggled in the on the offensive end in the last two postseasons. So I think that Drew Holiday is a clear up, get, upgrade at point guard. Now the Bogdanovich fiasco yeah. hangs is hanging 
over their over their heads and the the fact that Giannis hasn't signed his extension it looks like he might not sign his extension he still has 18 days to sign his extension indeed but all quiet on the on the Milwaukee front on that end so i think they'll have a they'll have a lot of pressure this season so i think they'll nab the first seed for the third straight season and if everything breaks right for the heat which means that bam takes another step forward we continue with our with our good injury luck and the new additions mesh pretty well i could see them go as high as the two seed and as and as low as the fifth seed but i yeah. on their best day i have them i have them ahead of, of brooklyn because brooklyn i think is going to really struggle on defense like nobody i don't think people are talking about it enough that team well, they'll score in bunches. They'll probably they'll have one of the top three offenses in the league, but they won't be able to stop a lot of people because KD is coming off that injury, and historically that injury he might he he might stay ninety percent on the offensive end because he's a he's a great jump he's a great jump shooter. But on the defensive end, I think he's it's where we're gonna see a drop off for him and Kyrie is not known yeah. as a, exactly as a defensive dynamo and neither is no. Karis LeVert DeAndre Jordan is fine I guess but I think that team is not going to be yeah, really good defensively so that's, that's going to hold them back yeah so for my top the I top see, six I teams see Miami that right in I that second spot and and if Milwaukee doesn't have chemistry, I actually see Miami just because of what Adebayo was able to do guarding Giannis last year. I could see Miami in that one seed, not to overhype your team, but if Drew Holiday just doesn't gel with this team, he gels with most teams. It's pretty easy for him to fit in. But if this is the one team he doesn't gel with, I see Miami running the gauntlet in the East. I just see them, you know, I believe, let me take a look at their conference this year well i mean every year <laughs> but uh the conference that miami plays in they ran it last year and we might see that again let me see who they're who they're with i apologize i should know this but i'm not i'm an i'm a west coast oh, guy so i follow the west coast <laughs> and i, I want to add something to your to your point that miami could be as high as the one seed that i it would it could be possible but i think everything would have to go extremely well for them i think that would include tyler hero making a jump to being a 20 points per game score goran dragic being a six man of the year candidate and bam Adebayo being a lot bam Adebayo being incredible and jimmy butler being even better than he was last season he'll have it to would, play out of his mind it would take a lot as you said but it's possible but still it would be it would be it would it take is. an insane amount of of good a good fortune yeah, so you look at the Southeast Division the Heat are in, the Hawks, the Wizards, the Magic, and the Hornets. I'm sorry, but I don't think Gordon Hayward and LiAngelo are going to help the Hornets out that much that they're going to beat the Heat at a high clip at all this year. The Magic, Wizards, and Hawks, while the Hawks did have a great offseason, I see Trey Young struggling with injuries again just because he battled them last year, and he's got to play an absorbent amount of minutes. I don't see those three teams standing a chance with the Heat. And you look at the Bucks division, they're going to have a little bit of a harder time with some of the higher-ranked opponents and things like that. So I think the Heat could run it, but I could see your point where they're the 4 or 5 seed and someone like the Pacers, Oladipo, is healthy, and they take that next step. 
But firing Nate McMillan is a no-no. I don't know why they did that, because that's going to set them back, in my opinion. Uh, well, I, well I, I, don't, I don't know that much about the Pacers. Most of my Pacers knowledge comes from Mark Schindler. Shout out to Mark Schindler, who does great work with Indy Cornrows and Premium Hoops. You should definitely check him out. But I'll have to check him out. From, 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 the, from the things I've read and heard, the Nate, I'm just going to call him Coach Nate because his last name is really hard to pronounce. But I would, I would say that <laughs> he comes from a Toronto, he comes from a Toronto coaching staff. So, and he was really, he, he was Nick Nurse's lead assistant. So I think that could only mean good things for the Pacers. But the Pacers are in an interesting position because Victor Oladipo will finally be one year removed from his devastating injury. And they have, they still have the Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis situation. They're, they're, I think they they clearly want to move on from sure from one of them because they don't work long term. That that front court doesn't work if you want to win a lot of games. And I think the right. Pacers are going to be good, but the top six teams I think are going to prove to be too much to handle for them. I think they'll probably settle with the seven seed. I could be wrong, but those top the top six teams, which I'm going to say, they're Brooklyn, Miami. Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, and Toronto. I think those teams are are clearly a step above yeah. the Pacers. And the eternal maybe, maybe not the, for maybe the, the Raptors Hornets, could Wizards, take us. Knicks, Pistons <laughs> continues. Yeah, well, I don't think I don't think the Pist I don't think the the Knicks are gonna be in that discussion. The Knicks still have a long way to go. I know people are. I know wow. people are desperate for them to be good, but I think they, they do. They have. Obi Tippett is a, a step way in the go. right direction. They lost Bobby Portis too, so that's a step in the wrong direction. I thought he was going to help them out. I really did. He did well, last year. He Bobby, stepped up early in the beginning of the season. Like, they were winning some games. <laughs> for a well, I would. I would say maybe losing Bobby isn't that bad for them because it opens up the the way for Obi Toppin to to play more, and it might. Yeah, it, it might help RJ Barrett, to see who I think play. it should be their main. It should be their main focus to develop RJ Barrett, and they didn't give him the space Absolutely. to operate last season when they they had all the power forwards in the league apparently, and I think they yeah they didn't do Knicks things if that makes sense because as soon as Westbrook requested the trade, I oh that the that the Knicks did oh that the that the Knicks ha- didn't have a. A Knicks offseason. A typical Knicks offseason, I would say. No. No, it wasn't miserable. There's no one with paper bags on their head this year because Obi Tippin is elite. So last question I have for you, JJ, is just what what are the Wizards gonna do this year with Russell Westbrook? Do you think do you think they'll stand a chance in the East? I think I think they they are probably gonna shoot for one of the lower playoff seeds. They're probably gonna fall into the seven or eight seed range. They I think with the Westbrook addition, they're gonna have they're gonna be uh, firmly in the in the playoff mix, but I don't think it's gonna be enough to propel them to a tier above to to propel them up, up above the top six teams that I just mentioned. I think they're gonna stay firmly in that yeah in that second tier, battling for the seventh and eighth seed with the I agree Hawks, with that sentiment. the Magic, and the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, the Bulls have a lot of young talent. Well, thanks for joining, JJ. It's been a pleasure. 
having you on for the first time. I'm sure there's many more podcasts with you to come on yours and mine. We'll have to collab again soon. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day, man. We'll, uh, we'll get this uploaded the next few days here. Recorded it on Thursday. Should be up by Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, well, thank, thanks for having me, man. I, I, had, I had a lot of fun talking about NBA, the NBA. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks Take for care, having JJ. me. Bye now. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thanks for tuning in to Blazing the Path, a Portland Trailblazers podcast hosted by Rob Hetherington. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts for weekly episodes.